Amen. Kids are dismissed to Children's Church. Church, kids up to the sixth grade, can make your way to Children's Church, please. Do want to announce that we are not going to be having our Bible Knowledge Hour tonight because of the holiday. We uh, will not meet this evening. New program that we've started, a survey of the Bible, and we're in about our fourth week, and you'll be able to go online and listen if you'd like to. You can listen over the radio. But if you come in person, you can be part of the Q&A time and uh, get the handouts, and it's a wonderful new uh, thing that we've started. And so we'll be jumping into Genesis actually really, really quick here. All right, well, would you go ahead and bow with me, and we'll pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we would now come to you and ask that you would allow us to center on your word. We thank you for how it's reflected in music. We thank you for how it's reflected in the way so many of your children would live. And we thank you, Father, that we can take it in and that we can live it through our days. We thank you for the lives that we'll touch. Would you allow us, as we look at your son, a short little passage today, to love you better and walk closer to you because of our time spent in your word. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. If you will, I wanna ask you to take your bulletin and take a quick look at it. I've got mine here, and I want you just to observe it. You might have to look at the front and the back. Most of you probably got a bulletin today. And uh, when you look at that bulletin, there's something I want you to look for because you will see some normal font in some places, and there's a reason for that. In some places, you'll actually see a bold font. So it's like the normal, just a little bit bolder. And then you'll see a change in the font. You'll see uh, some different kind of wording. The Happy Mother's Day there is in a nice, uh, pretty cursive with an exclamation point. And you'll even find some font that is in different color. And all that is for a reason. That's to hopefully draw your attention to something. Greg will regularly say, we want you to read through the entire bulletin. And that is going to be helpful for you so you don't miss something. But there's no doubt that we will use a variety of, or I should say our secretary, will use a variety of fonts and different styles to draw attention to something that we want your eyes to go over. When we come to God's word, we find oftentimes something very similar in that. Sometimes when we come across a Bible teaching, we will come across that, and there's something special about that Bible teaching. Let me go ahead and give you guys a little bit of a quiz, okay? When we find some words that are in the Bible, and they're in a different color, then the color red, what usually does that mean? That means it's the words of who? Jesus, all right, very good. So sometimes when you come across those red letters, you'll sit up a little bit and pay closer attention. Also, when it comes to God's word, sometimes when you study the New Testament and when you look in those biographies of Jesus Christ, the Gospels, you will find just seven small sayings from Jesus Christ when he was hanging on the cross. And then we can get the words of Jesus, that's special. We can get those few sayings of Jesus when he was on the cross, that is special, And then we also find something that helps us on a day like today where we are celebrating Mother's Day because Jesus Christ spoke from the cross to his mother and about his mother. Hopefully I have your attention. 
All that to bring us to our text. I want you to turn to John chapter 19, please. John chapter 19. And let me go ahead and set this scene up for us a little bit. When we look at this scene, uh, we find individuals that are there. We find the apostle John is there. Sometimes the Bible calls him the disciple that Jesus loved. We also find Jesus' mother, Mary, there. We will also see Mary Magdalene. We'll also see Mrs. Clopas, whose name is also Mary. And we'll see Mary's sister, whose name is not given. And before I go ahead and start reading in verse number 25, let me just explain to us this setting. Christ is on the cross. And as this group is there observing, I think it's helpful for us to say ahead of time that the pain for someone who knew Jesus Christ, the pain of watching Jesus Christ die for someone that knew him, that would be agonizing for anyone. But I don't think there would be anyone who this would be more difficult for than the mother of Jesus Christ. And I think it's interesting that instead of Mary responding in a way like maybe we would guess, can you imagine the response, responses that some individuals would have? Seeing your son go through this torture as he's on the cross. There might be some individuals that would just fall into a heap and not be able to control themselves. There might be some who would just not be able to watch. They would have to be somewhere else and maybe be around some people that could console them. And Mary doesn't do any of that. In fact, we find here that Mary stays at the place of the crucifixion for the entire thing. And that says a lot about the character of this woman. Mary is the very model of courage for us, the wonderful mother of our Lord Jesus. Let's start reading in verse number 25 of John 19 where the Bible says this. But standing by the cross of Jesus where his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, were, were all these, and Mary Magdalene. Verse 26, when Jesus, saw, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Now, it is very possible that Jesus Christ, when he said these words to John and to his mother, it's possible that he nodded as he spoke these words. We know he could not point because his hands were nailed to the cross. And we know from the Bible that what Christ was doing is he was making provision for his mother. In this male-dominated society, he was making sure that his mother was going to be cared for. Mary is a wonderful character for us to study and for us to talk about. It would be going outside the teachings of Scripture for us to say that Mary was sinless, that she was divine, as some might believe. It could even be a form of idolatry, which the Bible clearly commands us not to have that as a part of our life, to give her any honor that would belong to her son or to make her equal with her son. But there is no doubt that we can be blessed and encouraged by the life of this woman. What can we say 
about Mary. Well, as the angel said to her, the angel Gabriel said she was highly favored. Well, that's a wonderful compliment. That's certainly true. She was also, it was also said about her by her cousin that she was blessed above all women. She has that title going for her, blessed above all women. When we look at this, if you're like me and you're reading this story, you might ask yourself, why would Jesus commit the care of his mother to John and not to one of his half-brothers? The Bible teaches us that after Christ was born, Mary, had, Mary and Joseph had at least four other uh, boys, other children. And it's interesting why he wouldn't do that. Why not them? That seems kind of natural that they would take care of their mom. It might be because at this point in Jesus' life, and right before his death, Jesus' brothers did not believe in him. John chapter 7 and verse number 5 makes this clear. Their half-brother was the coming Messiah that they as Jews had been looking towards, but they had not accepted that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. And so that might be the reason. Now we do have a wonderful commentary that they would come to Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter one, this records they would accept Jesus Christ as their savior and their redeemer. But as we look at this gesture What Jesus does here for his mom, it speaks about how Jesus loved his mom and it speaks about how we should think of our mothers today. Because even though Jesus was under the most excruciating kind of anguish that was known to man, he takes time, he uses those valuable breaths and that small energy right at the end of his life before he would die to turn his attention to, his, to the earthly needs of his mother. And I'd like to challenge you with that today. I'd like to encourage you. I've already asked some of the young folks that are here. Have you been nice to your mom today? Have you said I love you to your mom today? Did you make your mom some breakfast today? I asked the question to some. Some people might want to sleep in on uh, Mother's Day, and so keep that in mind. You have to get to know the mom. But I'm going to give us some specific challenges that hopefully you will be able to apply to your life to help you with this, because our wonderful example, Jesus Christ, gave perfect attention to his mother, even when it was very, very difficult, even when the cost was high. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you three suggestions for how you can love your mother a little bit better. Number one, we need to love our mothers verbally. We need to love our mothers verbally. Most individuals have found out the power of the tongue. Whether that power has come when you are speaking it and you have found out how good your words were able to make something or how they were to tear something down or whether you've been on the receiving end of it. It's amazing how some individuals will use their words very carelessly and not think much of it, but the one who is on the receiving ends of those words, if they're encouraging words or if they're discouraging words, it can last a lifetime. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you can go to a place in your mind right now where someone used some words of encouragement And it might go back 30 years ago, but they're burned in your mind because words have power. The Bible teaches us that the tongue is very, very powerful. And so can I challenge every one of us on this special day to use your words and use your tongue in a sweet way, 
in a way that would reflect the love of Jesus Christ. I came across an old letter that was written to uh, Abby, a Dear Abby letter. And it made a very interesting point as I read it, and so I wanted to share it with you as well. It goes this way. I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor. 36 days later, I was on my way to the Philippines when it actually fell to the Japanese, and we were then rerouted to Australia. 11 days after we landed in Australia, I met the most beautiful girl in the world. On our first date, I told her that I was going to marry her, and I did, 18 months later while on a 10-day R&R leave. After more than 57 years of marriage and two children, my beloved Mary passed away five days before Christmas. Although we both agreed that our ashes would be spread over the mountains, I found that I just could not part with her ashes. And while Mary was alive, she would frequently say, you just don't know how much I love you. And each time she would say it, I would simply reply, likewise. I never could muster the strength to say, I love you. Now, her ashes are on my dresser, where I tell her several times a day that I love her but it's too late for her to hear it. Even though I wrote poetry to her when she was alive, I could not bring myself to say the three words that she wanted most to hear. And my dearest, or as my dearest was dying, and we thought that she was comatose, I said the words, these words. There aren't enough words to tell you how much I love you. A few hours later, she whispered, not enough words. And then she died. The reason I'm writing this letter to you is to urge men to verbally express their feelings while their loved ones are still alive. I can't explain why, but many men are reluctant reluctant to express their feelings. I wish it weren't so. Signed, Missing Mary in Colorado. The words that you are able to form and to give which honestly cost you very, very little, they can have an impact that will last for a lifetime with someone else. Listen to these two verses from Proverbs 18, where it says, From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied in the yield of his lips. And then verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I wonder if we realize how much power we have with our words. When it comes to a mother, the hope that is within a mother can be raised, can skyrocket with the words that you would give. In a similar way, it can drop. It can drop like a rock with a loosely given word or an insult that a son or a daughter might speak and I'm not a mom I've known a few I've realized that moms oftentimes will carry with them the thinking that they're not doing enough they feel bad that they've not done enough they'll have regret from something in the past not doing enough for their children if I could only do a little bit more 
conversations that I will have with mothers that I know. This will come through every once in a while. What if, maybe, you know, I came across a story. I didn't think it was very fitting for our day, but it related to mothers and it related to moms and how they feel about their children. I'll share it with you in a little bit. I'll plug it in. I think I'm just gonna ram it right in even if there's not room for it. But let me encourage us first as we close with this idea to love your mom verbally. Do not be one that allows your message to feed the unhealthy kind of thinking that she's not done enough or she is a failure. They have enough within them that's going to give them that message. Instead, allow your words, if you can imagine your words as arms, arms of compassion that reach out, they can do that. Your words can reach out and they could speak wonderful life into your mother. So number one, love your mother verbally. Number two, love your mother patiently. Love your mother patiently. You know, there is no job in any business in the world that compares to the emotional and the physical and the spiritual price that is paid by mothers. And you need to be patient with them. Some of you say, I am patient with my mother. Well, when you're patient, you know what you do a little, need to be a little bit more of? More patience. You just keep on going. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 says, better is the end of a thing than its beginning and the patient person is better than the proud in spirit. <clears throat> the pen is mightier than the sword, some individuals have said. There was a political pundit a few years ago that was trying to cast a bad light on a certain candidate. And so he decided to go after the candidate's wife. And here's the angle that this writer took as he tried to vilify the candidate and specifically the candidate's wife. It, this woman was a mother of five and she had devoted her time to the best of her ability to raising her sons. She did not have any other job besides raising her children. And an ignorant influencer trying to paint a negative picture of her said this when he was trying to influence an election. He said, that woman has never worked a day in her life because she had given all of her time to raising your kids. I would suggest there is no job as difficult as being a mother because of all that she has had to do. Never stop being patient with her. If you're tempted to stop being patient, see if you can find somewhere in your memories the time she had to pick up after you. How many times was that? I'm sure they could not possibly keep count. She potty trained you most likely. She taught you how to conduct yourself among other people. Let me talk to some of the young people here just for a little bit, some of our youth. <clears throat> it is oftentimes and unfortunately the case that there are some young people who will talk in a more respectful and honoring way to the mothers of their friends than they would to their own mothers. And that's a shame. If you were to talk to your friend's mom the way that sometimes you talk to your own mom, is it possible they would not allow you to hang around with their, friend, with their child anymore? That might be the price you would have to pay. Let me challenge you to love your mom patiently. And yeah, I know they mess up, right moms? You mess up, I get it, I get it, I know. We need to love them patiently. Focus on the Family has been an incredible ministry and blessing to families over the years. And this is a letter that was written 
by an 80-year-old mother. She said this, to all my children, I suppose my upcoming birthday started all my thoughts along these lines. This is a good time to tell you the things that I really want for my birthday, and they are the things that I cannot get enough of, and yet they're all free. I want the intangibles. I would like for you to come and sit with me. I'd like for you to come and sit with me and be relaxed and take some time. We can talk or we can be silent, but I would just like for us to be together. I need your patience when I don't hear you and what you say for the first time. I know how tiresome it is to always be repeating, but sometimes I must, I must ask you to repeat. I need your patience when I think too much about the past and my set ways. I want you to be tolerable to what the years have done to me physically and mentally. Please be understanding about my personal care habits. I spill things. I lose things. I get unduly excited when I try to figure out my bank statement. I can't remember what time to take my medication or if I've already taken my medication. I take too many naps. Sometimes the sleep just helps me to pass the day. Well, that's it. Time, patience, and understanding. Those are the priceless gifts that I want. Love, Mom. What a powerful challenge for us. It is oftentimes that the simple and free things are the things that a mother wants the most. The power of your presence. Some of you didn't know that, did you? That you have a power in your presence. Just being there. And you don't even have to talk. But oftentimes they don't want us to be in a hurry. Just checking something off of our list. Even a simple touch. How much mom's want that how beautiful when we see a mother and how beautiful when we've seen the love that she has that she has shown and many of us can show love right back i'm sure everybody here has heard the expression a face that only a mother could love right you've heard that he has a face that only a mother could love hopefully you don't say that don't don't do that i hope you haven't heard that if so i'm sorry You don't have a face that only a mother could love, not that I've seen today anyway. But when we think of a face that only a mother could love and that expression, where does that come from? It comes from the idea that a mother loves unconditionally. I would challenge us today that the unconditional love that has been showered upon a mother's children, if you are a child of a mother today, Would you allow that love to sprout something within you that's going to work very hard to show unconditional love back? We need to love our mothers patiently. And then finally, we need to love our our mothers honorably. We need to love our mothers honorably. I mentioned earlier there was a story that um, didn't, I didn't think it fit too much because it involves individuals that are on death row but I heard about this. I heard about some information that individuals who have investigated and got this have done regarding mothers of individuals that had committed crimes to, where, to the point where they were on death row. And as individuals have talked to those moms 
and talk to him about the crimes they've committed, it was a common response that the mother would say, oh, but he's such a good boy really deep down. The moms would say that. And you're thinking to yourself, he's on death row because likely he killed somebody and they can list the crime. And yet the mom would say, he really is a good boy deep down. You see, moms love their children in such a way we cannot possibly understand it. And so God has included in his Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother. When we think of this picture here at John in John 19 and Jesus Christ and what he's doing, he uses some of his last energy to talk to his mom. He says, woman, behold your son taking care of his mother. And then he talks to John. And he says, behold your mother. Jesus knew the law very well. Exodus 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that your God, the land that your God has given you. This is the only of the Ten Commandments that comes with a promise. And this command is binding. Are you paying attention? It's binding as long as your mom is around. As long as mom and dad are here, we are to honor them. And your actions and your time or your lack of time, these are going to send a huge message to your mom. It's my experience that life is just uh, for all of us. It's just a time to learn. We're observing. You're paying attention to things that are around you, and hopefully you're improving in life. I have had an understanding of my relationship with my wife and how we complement each other. We make a pretty good team in so many ways. I'm pretty laid back. I don't do a whole lot of worrying. I really don't. And uh, my wife does some worrying in her life, not in a sinful way, but in an appropriate way. As I was talking to one of our wonderful older ladies in the church here, she was down at the hospital and, and she was recovering, and I was talking to her about this and I was getting some of that wonderful counsel. You know how it is when you go to encourage somebody and it ends up working the opposite way? That's what happened right here. And I was talking to Mrs. Smith And as I talked to her about this aspect of our relationship, I said, well, yeah. I said, I think she does the worrying for us because I don't worry very much. And she stopped me right there. And she said, oh, no, no. She said, your wife worries because she's a mother. That's why she worries. And I will never forget those words. And then as I look out at all the moms across this room today, could it be that God has put something within you that feels so much for your daughters and for your sons that you would love on them and you would think about them and you would do everything within your power to help them and yet you will still carry such a burden as a mother. This past week, had opportunity to um, go down and see my mom. I'm one of four children. I'm the youngest of four boys and I was not spoiled, much to uh, what some people might think. I have a brother that's in Phoenix, Arizona, and he flew up to Illinois, and he did not tell my mom that he was coming. And so my brother uh, from Phoenix surprised my mother on, it was Wednesday uh, night. And then I drove down from Michigan, and my other brother drove down from Wisconsin, and we've got another brother that's right there in Danville, Illinois. And so um, my other brother from Wisconsin and I walked in and saw her at the same time, and she began to cry. My mom just had a pretty serious procedure. We were nervous that she was going to be very uncomfortable. 
Um, she had something with her heart literally that week, and she was recovering from that. And so we were a little bit concerned about shocking her and surprising her too much as she had a pacemaker put in. But as we went there and we were together, I noticed that my mom didn't say a whole lot. Us four boys were together for the first time in several years and there was quite a bit of time on that Thursday night and on Friday night where literally she just wanted to sit there and listen to her boys interact. She just wanted to be near them, hear the laughter. And as we were going over to her house on Friday night and having pizza, she said, would you come about an hour early? And we said, well, okay, we can do that. And so we four boys went about an hour early and she's, like I say, she's recovering from the surgery. She said, I want you to come down in the basement with me. And so we went down in the basement and she, she brought out this box and as she opened up this box, she had some crafts and she had some drawings. She had a story that was written by hand and she had all these items and she said these, a big box, she said these are the ones that I don't yet have a name on. Would you boys look and tell me whose is this and whose is this? Because that box was just the tip of the iceberg. We all have a big old box that she's putting together and she's working on that. And we stopped and we took some, we looked at some pictures and we were snapping pictures of pictures and I came across a story that I wrote when I was in the, I think, third grade about a lion and a mouse chasing a coin down the street. And if we were to try to sell that story today and make some money off that, we wouldn't make anything. Nobody would buy that story. But my mom saved that story. She's saving it, she's keeping it in a box because she's a mom that has given so much love to her children. Can I encourage you today that if you want to be Christ-like, you can take this challenge. As Jesus Christ looked at his mother and he looked at a way to provide for his mother, this is a beautiful example. And if you will make it a priority in your life to not get to the point where you think you've already said I love you enough times to mom, and if you'll not get to the point where you don't have something encouraging to say or even to battle against those negative thoughts that moms struggle with, and if you would make it a point today where you have not practiced enough patience, you can take it. God will never put you into something that you cannot handle. If you think you're gonna snap, you can't take any more of it, just pray. He wants you to be patient with your mother, even if it feels like you're almost out of patience. Be patient and then also, if you will make it a point today to honor your mother and be creative with that. What can you do to honor your mom? What can you say to her? I know the Hallmark cards have really exhausted all the poetry things and they've said all the lines, but you know your mom in such a way that you can say something that she's never heard before. Can I suggest to you that she is worth it? What a wonderful blessing that we have and what a wonderful example that one of the last things that Christ gave from the cross was to care for his mother. The words that were in red, the words that came from Christ when he hung there on the cross right before he would take his last breath and the words that he would give specifically to his mother to make sure she was cared for. How beautiful and how wonderful and what a wonderful challenge for us today to love our moms in that same way. Let's pray. Father, we look to you 
and we call you Heavenly Father. And God, as we oftentimes on special days like today, we'll go through a myriad of emotions. Some individuals would shed a tear today, missing their mom. There are some moms that are missing their children on this day. We would ask for comfort and peace that could come, that would come from you. We thank you for that. God, I would pray that the moms that would be represented, either that are here present or will be represented by children in this room, they would be blessed on this very day. We thank you that Jesus' mother was a priority to him. We thank you that not only did he love children, but he loved his parents. God, we thank you for being a God that puts wonderful priorities before us. Help us to follow those. With heads, bowed ni- with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, I'm gonna ask Anna just to play through a couple stanzas on the piano. <clears throat> we mentioned that Jesus said these things before he took his last breath. If you're not familiar with the story, he would die, but then three days later, he would rise again. How blessed we are that Jesus Christ conquered death so that we could have salvation. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me invite you to do that even during this time. Christ died for your sins so that you could be his child. You can ask him to save you even right now. Ask him to forgive you. Maybe God's spoken to you in some other way today. The example of our Savior and how he treated his mom. Can I encourage you, just while the piano's playing, would you pray? Maybe ask God or thank God for your mom. Maybe ask God to remind you to do something sweet and special. Take just a moment to pray.